Welcome to Life of the Ballpark. On this episode, you'll hear the story of a man whose knowledge of his team's history and his view of every game from right next to the dugout give him a unique perspective to the sights and the sounds of the ballpark. When Drayden McLean bought the club in the early 90s, he tried to get Nolan to come back. And he said, you know, we, we need you here. And I remember him saying that. He knew that that was the worst thing that had happened to the Astros. It was like shooting the family dog. Welcome to Life at the Ballpark. Sharing stories from players, managers and coaches, writers and broadcasters, and even team historians about their lives around baseball. From the Sandlots to the big league ballparks. This episode is coming to you from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas, home of the Houston Astros. Hi, I'm John Frost, and my guest today is Mike Acosta, who's the team historian and memorabilia authenticator for the Houston Astros. This is part two of the conversation, where Mike shares about how, as a kid, his infatuation with architecture shaped his love for baseball. I, I built my first Astrodome model in 1987. Your first my Astrodome first model. first Astrodome model. Okay, well, and, there are more stories and, uh, here. And I remember this girl coming by on her bike, and I had it out there in the front yard. And she walked, she rode her bike right by, and she stopped, and she goes, she goes, hey, she goes, is that the Astrodome? And I was like Superman standing on top of the Daily Planet, you know, with my, my hands on my hips, with this aura. I was like, yes, it is. And, and I was like, success. She sees that as the Astrodome. You've, you've been with the Astros for many, many years. You're now a part of one of the key people putting together the Astros Hall of Fame. Give it a little bit of, of, of the story of, of how the Hall of Fame is developing and look what you're looking for. Sure. Well, the Astros Hall of Fame is came to reality this year. It's coming to, it's coming to life. Um, we have the induction ceremony coming up in, in August, and that's very exciting because it's something that, that I personally have been looking forward to for many, many years. And this is a project that I've been working on for, for quite some time. And, and I mean, uh, going back to right after we moved into this new ballpark, when it was new. <laughs> I, I keep calling it the new ballpark, sure. Minute Maid Park. Um, but right after we moved in here, there were ideas to put uh, Hall of Fame or museum type of displays into the ballpark and how we would do that. But I've always said that, that thoughts and ideas don't cost anything until you decide to put those in motion. Mm -hmm. So what I've done over the, the past several years is uh, just try to come up with these concepts for what an Astros Hall of Fame should look like. Or, or what I feel, and then get bounce that off of others because it can't just be the, the vision of one person. I mean, this has to be a, a group, and, and you have to have our team president, Reed Ryan. I mean, he, he fully buys into this, and, and without Reed, this Hall of Fame, we would not be introducing this Hall of Fame this year. I mean, it was, it was Reed who last year, uh, after we, we got through with the World Series in 2017, uh, he called me over, and we started talking, and he said, we're going to do this. My big thing was I wanted to create an environment for people. And so what is it like for people who say they never went into the Astrodome? Okay. And that's very possible now. I mean, we're 
we're nearing we're, it's been 20 years almost 20 years since the last astros game sure. at, at the astrodome so sure. that's a whole another generation of people um you know my my daughter is a perfect example my oldest daughter's 19 and she's she never i mean she's been in the astrodome and she's got to a feel for what the astrodome did uh, but a lot of people don't and so what was that like and and, and i kind of think back to uh the stories that i was relaying earlier as a kid when i walked into the astrodome so you see the roof you hear the sounds you see the scoreboard um you hear the organ music you know uh you maybe even smell fresh popcorn you know you walk through an astrodome turnstile uh we have a diorama you know with a big blue sky uh, a real bright light to simulate the the texas sun and then there's cold stadium sitting out there in this parking lot with a big hole you know next to it where, where the astrodome is going to rise just those types of things, you know, where you see these visuals, I think it has to be more than just putting uh, photos or uniforms on display behind a case. You really have to to put signage, recreate signage, use wallscapes. You know, what I always thought was uh, the Kennedy Space Center uh, does a really great job at capturing history and showcasing it as if it's relevant right now. And, and they, they use, uh, like with the, the spatial Atlantis, like when you're walking uh, through one of the ramps, you know, they even take it to where they simulate how the shuttle lands coming through the atmosphere. They create lights on the walls. And the Astros have always been a very different type of franchise, doing things differently. AstroTurf, Astrodome, air conditioning, rainbow uniforms, rainbow uniforms right? Yeah. You know, just all sure. of that. So that's a perfect opportunity to kind of create uh, a story for the for the ball club that stays in that frame of mind that we've had throughout these years and so uh something that that, that is a trendsetter you know something that, that kind of leads the way that innovates and and you know much like the way that the space industry has done you have to address the 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 retired numbers you you cannot you cannot have a hall of fame and this was a direct quote that I that I mentioned. You, we cannot do the Hall of Fame without addressing our, our retired numbers. Uh, we have 10 retired numbers up there. So we have Jim Umbright, number 32, Don Wilson, number 40, Jose Cruz, number 25, Mike Scott, 33, Nolan Ryan, 34, uh, Jackie Robinson, who was retired after him, across baseball, right? Uh, and then 49, Durker, 24, Wynn, 5 and 7, Bagwell and Biggio. If you look at all of those numbers, now back at the time that I, that I was looking at this, it was in 2015. So we did not have Bagwell in the, the National Hall of Fame yet. So we had all of those guys, the, the numbers retired, but only two of the guys that played for the Astros, because I had to disclude uh, or exclude uh, uh, Robinson because he didn't play for the Astros. That was a that was a, a league-wide thing by Major League Baseball to celebrate Jackie Robinson, to permanently honor him. But looking at the Houston players, the guys that put on a Houston uniform, we had Nolan Ryan and Craig Biggio, who were in the National Hall of Fame. And that was... 100% against the grain of what all other teams were doing across baseball. I want to talk about uh, one specific Hall of Famer, uh, a guy who grew up just down the road in Alvin. Yeah. <laughs> tell me tell me a story about Nolan Ryan and, and what was it like when he came back to the Astros? Well, you know, here's a here's a story back from the greatest foul ball that I ever lost. Um <laughs> uh, it was August 18th, 1985, and I was in the Astro Buddies. And I remember this day. I'm never going to forget it. Um, so we're playing the Cincinnati Reds. 
that day. And you have to look at this. This is why I say August 18th, 1985, because on July 11th of 85, so this is like five weeks prior to this game, uh, Nolan Ryan struck out, got his 4,000 strikeout against the New York Mets and Danny Heap, right? So that he was the first guy to, to reach 4,000 strikeouts. And I was, like I said, I was. And I always have been a huge Nolan Ryan fan because I really like the work ethic. I like what he what he represented. I like the the words of wisdom that he gave kids. He was just uh, he was a, a very good role model, you know. To and he was he was from the Houston area. He's Texas. He just it just really felt like something special whenever whenever you you saw or or, or heard him talk. So. Um, so anyway, the, the Reds are in town. Pete Rose is with the Reds at this time. And Pete Rose on September 11th. So you have July 11th and September 11th. September 11th of 85, he breaks the all-time hit record, the Ty Cobb record, right? And so he is, um, you know, he's about two, three weeks away from that. And both of the guys, Ryan and Rose, had been the co-captains of the All-Star team that year in Minneapolis. So there was a lot of attention on them. And so Rose comes up to the plate, and Ryan throws him up a pitch. And this is somewhere, if I had to guess, it was probably like the fourth inning. It wasn't the first one, his first at bat. Foul ball comes up, spins, you know, taking an arc, as Milo used to say, had a banana in it, you know, <laughs> and it takes this spin, this banana spin coming back, flies over me. I take off running. A few other kids take off running as well. You know, this ball hits the, the seats uh, and kind of clunks around. And this other little kid, a little bit older than me, jumps out in front of me and gets the ball and holds it up like a trophy. And I, as a kid, I was devastated because my my favorite player, Nolan Ryan, had held that ball. And so now today, a lot of times when, when we're at actually doing the authentication process and you have a good matchup between a pitcher and, and, a, and a hitter, like if it's Mike Trout and, and uh, you know, say Justin Verlander, you know, it's it's something that, that I'm, I even think about today. When Nolan came back to the Astros, because after he retired – from the Rangers as a as a player, Drayden McLean bought the team, right? And uh, he wanted Ryan to come back to Houston. He knew that that was the worst thing that had happened to the Astros in years. It was it was just terrible. It was like shooting the family dog when he left, and uh, the the whole circumstance behind him leaving and. Uh, just, just all of that. Just people. That was the last straw that people had with with the owner John McMullen at the time, and and McMullen had a different story. You know, everybody always has. There's two sides to every story, but regardless, uh, him leaving was a was a big negative impact for Houston. So when Drayden McLean bought the club in the early '90s, he tried to get Nolan to come back, and he said, "You know, we we need you here." And I remember him saying that. Uh, in, in a private conversation one time, he said, we need Nolan here. We need to have him as part of the Astros. We need to find a job for him to be part of the Astros. And at the time, uh, Nolan had signed a, a 10-year 
personal services contract with the Rangers. So he was not available. He couldn't come back. Although he did come back and, and you know, they had the, the exhibition game in 93, uh, his final season where the Rangers came to town and it was the last time that he pitched in Houston at the Astrodome. And that game was like a, like a playoff atmosphere. I mean, there were 55,000 people in there and flashbulbs and, 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 you know, people were, were coming out. To, it was almost like coming out to see a rock star concert and uh so that that was real huge but when he finally came back in 2004 after those 10 years uh it was it was tremendous it was huge um and roger clemens at that time period you also have to consider we had just picked up andy pettit you know who who pitched all these wonderful playoff games and Yankee pinstripes, but was from our area, much like Nolan Ryan was, and and Roger Clemens, you know, who who at that point, uh, a lot of people felt was was a no brainer Hall of Fame type of player before all these other things came out, and so you know we we then picked up Nolan Ryan again, and it didn't matter that he was, you know, ten years retired. So Nolan comes back, and I had a picture of him pitching at my desk on the, on the little wall of my cube. And all of a sudden I hear that twang behind me and leaning up against the, the file cabinet right behind me. There's no one. He always kind of reminded me of like a person, like when I was sitting on the front porch with my grandfather, you know, and, and a much younger version of that, but, but, uh, just somebody who, who you could just talk to and, and just, uh, you know, just go past all of the the major league records and the accomplishments. The human side of him was always very impressive, and that's that's really something that I that really impresses me with a lot of people that I come into contact. Uh, you know, some of the star players. I, I like to to see what kind of human are you. You know, and and how do you treat the people within your own family? You know, when when you're in the clubhouse area, or you know, how how do you carry yourself? And 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 I've been lucky to to come into contact with a lot of wonderful people, a lot of people who who um, you know, I, I you hear fans talk about the the stats of a certain player and what they did, and how many home runs or how many stolen bases they have. But but the thing that really uh, makes me feel really great inside is is you know, I didn't see Jimmy Wynn play. But I know what a great person he is and, and what a great friend he's become to me and how much he's helped me over the years. So that type of stuff just really, really makes me feel good. Coming up, Astros historian Mike Acosta shares how some very special pieces of team history were preserved. And he also shares about a couple of big Astro fans who just so happen to be former presidents. And he looked back and he's like, hey, he goes, what are y'all doing with those baseballs? Just like anybody else. It's the same question. What are y'all doing with those baseballs? But it was funny hearing it from George W. And he's asking the same question. You're listening to this podcast because you have an interest in baseball. If you own a business, what do you think people who call you have an interest in? Yeah, your business. So you need a message on hold. Now, tell your callers about your products and services, locations and hours, special offers and more with a message on hold now. We've been providing telephone on hold messages since 1992, and we can do one for you. Get your custom message on hold now at messageonholdnow.com. Messageonholdnow.com. And now back to my conversation with Mike Acosta. 
historian for the Houston Astros on Life of the Ballpark. I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends. There's a new episode each week. Do you have a favorite item that's come across in front of you or a favorite moment in Astros history? You know, um, I love the fact that that we have uh, there, there's just a couple things uh, that, that kind of come to, to mind. Um, the the last out of the 05 uh, game six uh, NLCS against the Cardinals. That was the first time that the Astros ever clinched a, a World Series spot. And and the first time that the Astros clinched a, a pennant, obviously. And and so that was a a very special baseball to acquire. And that was a very challenging night uh, because uh, that day, that game on October 19th of, of 05, that was that was also the last game played at, at the old Bush Stadium. And so the Cardinals really wanted to have that ball as well. They wanted to have that ball. But Jason Lane caught it. You know, Yadier Molina hit it to right field, and, and he caught it, and he kept it in his glove. And that's a very special piece, I think, because it was authenticated uh, as the final out, and, and that's what really elevated the Astros into that, that next step that all of these other generations of, of players who had the blood, sweat, and tears, so to speak, to try to get to that spot, they finally did it. And then in 17, when we finally won it, you know, it was another, another similar scenario. Uh, but, but just that and also like the, the home run that uh, Jose Altuve hit in the World Series in that comeback game, and, you know, it was, it was very special. And, and the, the, the guy who, who caught it uh, in center field, he brought it to me. You know, they were looking for me. Those two items really kind of stand out to me. Um, and also the, the, the uniform that Alex Bregman wore uh, when he got the walk-off single in the greatest game that I think we've ever played, which was Game 5 of the World Series. It really showed the resilience of this club. Um, because Game 7 was, was kind of a game like, like a lot of other games we had played. You know, early, an early lead, hold it and win it and and that's the way game seven went but game five was just so electric and and just went back and forth and back and forth so the the uniform with the ripped buttons you know that we have and we actually have that on display union station and the pants that that derek fisher wore when he slid home so we saved those as well and they have a big rip in in the back side of them you sit during a baseball game you sit down right next to the astros dugout sort of in the camera well area right behind there and you have a lot of people sitting near you yes and have some interesting conversations i know that uh, president uh, george and uh, george bush and barbara bush used mm-hmm. to be sitting right next to you and they were big big astros fans. huge astros fans um and and great astros fans. the whole family the bush family uh just just filled with a with a bunch of wonderful people uh george w during uh, we were just talking about Game Five of the World Series, uh, when when they threw out the first pitch, you know his his father threw out the first pitch and George Senior H W, uh, and they were all sitting there in that that's that row right there next to us, and George W he never really sat down there with them. That was kind of the first time that that they all sat together. Uh, and he kind of kept looking back, and you know he he'd look back and he'd see the baseballs and see kind of whenever somebody would hit a home run, we were putting a hologram on it, and he was seeing he and he looked back and he's like, hey, he goes, what are y'all doing with those baseballs? Just like anybody else, it's the same question. What are y'all doing with those baseballs? But it was funny hearing it from George W. and he's asking the same question, 
And and so I just I explained I said it's authentication. You know, we're logging everything that comes in and, and it's going to a database and he's like, Oh, he, and he immediately got it. You know, he knew he knew what it was. He was that's cool. He goes, That's great. And I go, Do you would you like a ball? And and he goes, He goes, Oh no, no. He goes, He goes, I I, I don't need one. He goes, I was just wondering what y'all were doing. You like what it just he's y'all were busy. <laughs> so it was it was very cool. Um, but you know, the the his father, H. W. George H. W. Bush, I, I first met him in 2001 when i was heading down to the field for for something else and uh he was coming up from his seats and it was they always left the bushes always left around the seventh inning and he came up to me uh the president came up to me and and, and introduced him so hello how are you doing you know i'm george bush i'm like i know you know yes sir i mean i just said yes sir great to meet you um and and uh and thank you and in this and that and just a just a really great guy and, and barbara uh, just, just fantastic. My my daughter met Barbara. Uh, my oldest daughter felt that that Barbara was just a, a really sweet grandmother. <laughs> that's the way. That's the way. When she and and it's funny because when you see my daughter describe that that time when she when she met Barbara for the first time, uh, she just lights up. She's just full of warmth. You know, you see a, a teenager who you know the and teenagers usually know it all, right? You know, and they they kind of have their own opinions and they do their own things. But when you see her talk about that, it you can tell that it's a it's a defining moment. You know, where she got to meet somebody like like Barbara and she was pleasant. You know, like where I where I talk about the 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 human aspect. Aspect of, of coming into contact with, with people around here, far beyond what, what they do on TV, you know, either on the field or what the president does in the, in the Oval Office, you know, what they are as people when you come into contact with them, that's the stuff that stays with you. And that's, that's something that stayed with, with my oldest daughter. I can tell it left a, a lasting impact. And we have a, a, a lineup card in our archives. So she and Barbara used to score the games, you know, and, and uh, I used to ask our security director, what does she do with those? Because they kind of leave in the seventh inning. She never really finished a, a complete game most of the time. And uh, he said, well, I think they just kind of toss them. And I said, well, let's save. Let's save one. And so during uh, 2004, I think it was a game against the Cardinals, um, the next day he brought it over and he said, he goes, here, he goes, he goes, he goes and she even signed it at the, uh, at the bottom. And so that, that became a, a nice piece. And it stayed in the archives, you know, for many, many years. And the Bushes have been part of, of the Astros for, I mean, they have season tickets and, and they came out to, to many games and they were always fans. I mean, going back to the 60s, there's pictures of, of George Bush in an Astros jersey, you know, in the congressional game in Washington, D.C. And just over the years, throwing out the first pitch, wearing a, a, a field jacket, a rainbow jacket or a rainbow sweater, you know, out there with Nolan Ryan. So there's always been this close connection. Uh, with, with this family and um, and and today now that that both of them are no longer with us it, it's just even more special that we were I'm glad that I that I thought to save something like that Mike Acosta historian for the Houston Astros thanks for sharing about your life at the ballpark I really appreciate it John thank you so much listen each week for a new episode I hope you'll subscribe and share with your friends